The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Your child has brain cancer. Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Friday, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Jacob Padilla joins us to talk some hoops, some volleyball, some preps, and find Jacob on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore Jacob, part of the great Hale Varsity staff, uh, digital and magazine, and GBR is that code. can subscribe, get your holiday shopping done. And uh, get 10 bucks off your subscription. Do so today. HailVarsity.com backslash subscribe. Jacob, been a crazy week and more action for you tonight. I want to get it kicked off with some uh, volleyball before we move to, to, high, to some college basketball thoughts. But Nebraska, Kansas tonight. Nebraska, as they closed the Big Ten season, went up against some really talented teams, unable to, to get the wins. But how's the headspace right now for Coach Cook and company as they try to march forward in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I think uh, that first-round win over Delaware State and the way they did it uh, did them some good, a program that obviously just has had to deal with all kinds of adversity over the last week or two um, with, with Kenzie Knuckles, uh, knee injury, and then Nick Haynes being out. She was still out uh, last night. And then Whitney Lonstein got sick as well, and she did not start the game. She she recovered well enough to play, but they didn't want to start her, make her go the full time. So she got in in the third set with Nebraska in control. So um, they, they've had to continue to kind of move lineups around, try different things. And at least last night, they, they were on the same page, and uh, they made things click. So I think it was good to kind of get back after suffering those two losses to end the regular season to – uh, re- restart this week, get back in the practice court to kind of figure out life post knuckles uh, and how that was all going to look. Uh, and then they came out with a really, really good defensive performance uh, against Delaware State. Jacob, what's your concern level with Nicklin Hames moving forward? I don't think anyone thought this was going to be a significant injury, but now some of the, the, the time that she has missed has caught a few off guard. What is your concern level? I guess not necessarily for this weekend, but moving forward in the NCAA tournament, not to look past Kansas by any means, but what's your concern level? John Cook said he's not sure when she's going to be back. It's in the trainer's hands to determine when she's healthy enough to play. And uh, it kind of hasn't obviously offered 
a lot of details about the injuries. He typically doesn't, uh, but did kind of let it slip uh, or it, it, uh, kind of admit that she's dealing with the concussion as well as other things. It isn't simply that. So she's got a few different things that she's trying to work through. Um, so he, he's not sure about her status when she's going to be back. I mean, um, it's just kind of in the trainer's hands at this point and how well uh, Nicklin's body uh, reacts to whatever they're doing to try to get her healthy. So um, that, that is going to be something that continues to hang over this team. And uh, he, you'd definitely much rather have her than not at this point. We saw both setters kind of had some rough spots. Um, uh, Kennedy Orr kind of went back into the, the, the double contact issues that we that popped up mid-season for her. Um, Ani Evans had a double contact in the mix there as well. They both, uh, I mean, 20 assists and 18 digs between the two of them. So they did some good things, but Nicklin's someone that's <laughs> is her first, fifth year of college volleyball. She's been on the biggest stage possible, and you'd rather have someone like that available than not. Um, so it, it's definitely something they're going to have to deal with. Uh, hopefully she can get healthy for next weekend, assuming they can take care of business tonight, but just not something that uh, we're going to know until they get, I think, later in the week next week and can figure out what her status is. But in the meantime, they're, they're going to have to roll with, with Kennedy or Ani Evans, and it's going to put a lot, of, uh, a lot of pressure on everybody else on the team to do their jobs really well. You don't have a veteran like Hames that can uh, kind of pick up the slack that, that, that with the leadership, with bettering the ball, making great defensive plays. It, it, you don't want to make Kennedy as a sophomore who's barely played, Ani uh, as a, a junior that has limited reps, uh, as a walk-on, you don't want to put it all on them to basically replace what, what Nick and Hames did for this team. So it's going to be a collective team effort. Or the passes are going to have to be, be great. You're going to try to put those setters in good positions to make the game as easy as possible for them so that uh, they cannot uh, operate at a high level without Hames. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Jacob, Tonight, what are the expectations for this team? Obviously, Nebraska wants to come out on top, especially hosting against Kansas. But what are your expectations for this team, despite all the adversity that you mentioned earlier um, that they've gone through in the past couple of weeks? Is the sweep in the question, or what kind of performance are you expecting tonight? Yeah, it's kind of interesting uh, with this being the matchup, considering these two teams saw each other back in the spring for uh, their kind of spring exhibition. Uh, out in Grand Island. So I think the two teams are relatively familiar with each other. The Kansas has a former Husker in Inesh Gazebo playing on the right side for them. She's had a really good senior year. Um, so it, it's kind of a homecoming for her, uh, be able to come back here at the end of her career where it began. Um, so I'm, I'm sure she's enjoying that opportunity, but uh, it's Kansas played at a really high level last night. They took, I mean, I don't, quite know why Miami was seeded the way that they were as a seven seed, um, just based on what they accomplished during the regular season. But uh, Kansas thoroughly outplayed them. Um, easy, easy sweep. Nine, uh, the closest game was uh, 2025 or 25, 20 in the third set. So Kansas is playing at a high level right now. Uh, I think you, uh, sweep is always in play. If Nebraska plays Nebraska volleyball, uh, they, they sweep more often than not even kind of early in the NCAA tournament, but obviously a win's got to be the goal here. You'd rather not have to have to go four or five. You'd hope that you can take care of three, but um, Kansas is playing right, really well right now. So Nebraska is not going to be able to simply overpower them like they could with Delaware State, who was a smaller team 
who defended really well, but uh, simply from an athletic standpoint, it just didn't match up with Nebraska. So execution is going to have to be higher. They can't necessarily rely on talent to the same degree that they did last night. Um, but Nebraska is the more talented team, obviously, as the, the two seed in the region. Jacob Padilla is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio at Jacob Padilla underscore basketball on our mind. Sunday, the showdown at CHA, CHI Nebraska Creighton. And Creighton's had a, a couple of tough bumps against uh, fantastic competition teams that they're uh, supposed to be like here in March, and I think Creighton will. Uh, but you look at Nebraska, they've reeled off a couple of wins against Power 5 squads. Take me through uh, your um, your take here on Sunday afternoon and, and, you know, Nebraska, what's what's possible for them? And are they going to get a mad Creighton team? Yeah, it's probably not the best time to be catching this Creighton team, especially coming off of uh, that game at Texas where four for 27 from three, they just made one of just their first 22 attempts until Baylor Shireman started throwing in a few late um, to try to lead them to a miracle comeback at the end. Um, that you, I mean, they had shot basically 41% in overall uh, since that opener where they got off to a slow start. They, they've been right around 40% each game since. So it's a team that clearly can shoot that had a really bad shooting game. So you kind of expect that to, to go back the other way uh, against Nebraska uh, on Sunday. Um, so tough time, especially coming off the back-to-back losses. You know they're going to be fired up for this one to be back at home after spending so much time away. Um, I think you're going to catch a Korean team that's fired up to go out there and play. So pressure is going to be on in Nebraska to execute at a high level. Uh, I think the one kind of saving grace is the, the issue that we've seen for Nebraska so far where they've struggled the most is with teams that really get out and pressure you. Um, five, uh, one through five, they're out pressuring the ball. They're uh, making life difficult, making it tough to, to complete passes, obviously picking up full court. Uh, trying to grind down Nebraska because the team does lack ball handling. Um, Creighton isn't that style of defense. Uh, they're not necessarily going to pick you up full court. They're not going to chase you out at 30 feet. Um, they're they're going to they're going to pack it in. They're going to try to steer you to their to the middle where uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner is waiting. So it's it's a team that uh, defensively isn't the same kind of thing that 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 has given Nebraska problems. So if they can kind of execute at a high level, uh, make good decisions, and then knock down a few shots, they've got a chance to um, at least give themselves the opportunity to, to, to go score against this team. Um, the the issues are going to be on the other end. I, the defensive matchups, um, I, I think, that with, with the Creighton's ball handling, they're uh, with it's going to be tough to guard both Ryan Nemhart and Trey Alexander uh, with Nebraska's personnel. Um, that, that ultimately could come down or be the deciding factor for the game is um, how, how are they able to keep those two guards in check? Um, obviously, in Mano Bandemal, you expect to guard one of them, but uh, who's going to guard the other? And then what matchup does that leave for a guy like Baylor Shireman? Um, I, I think that will be kind of an interesting storyline is Shireman versus Sam Griesel, two guys that went at it for uh, three years uh, up there in the Summit League. And had had some really uh, really impressive performances both ways between the two of them. It was an epic uh, ga- uh, game between them in the the Summit League tournament last year, where Grisa went off, uh, but South Dakota State got the win. Um, so I- I'm looking forward to seeing kind of that game within the game, seeing how much those two end up matched up on each other. Um, they're, they're familiar with each other, but uh, now they're they're facing off in a completely different setting with 
uh, different guys around him. Jacob, how important is bench scoring going to be on Saturday? Excuse me, on Sunday with uh, Creighton last night, zero points off their bench, and then to Nebraska with Boston College, they got twenty-three points off the bench from Kesey alone. So, is that the story, or, or do you think that, that the starting five for Creighton is just so good that it may not matter in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, that's uh, ultimately kind of what Creighton's banking on this year. They they haven't quite figured out the uh, the, the rotations to to be able to get the most out of those bench uh, lineups, and if, if if Nebraska does go out there and uh, end up where Creighton's got three, four of those bench players on the on the court at the same time. That's when Nebraska has to kind of make their push. They got to make some ground. They got to win those win those minutes. And a guy like Tomonaga will be a big part of that. Um, the way he's shooting the ball right now, um, and the way he's scoring outside of just shooting. He he's been a smart cutter, getting himself some easy buckets that way. He's taking advantage of teams kind of flying out on him to to go make. Um, uh, a different kind of play, and he, heck, even there was one point in that that uh, Boston College game where he waved away a screener to ISO on his man, and actually took him <laughs> off the dribble and went and finished high off the glass at the basket. I, I was, I was like, oh, I saw him wave it away. I was like, oh, what, what, what's <laughs> he doing here? And, uh, I, I, I did. I was not confident that it was going to end well, but uh, he, he proved me wrong. So he, he's playing much better uh, this season. I think he's taken a step forward. So he's a guy that could go out there and. Um, my buddy Jacob Bigelow, that uh, do the Nebraska Shooter on podcast, mm-hmm. but while we were watching that game, he was just like, it, it turned to me. I was like, I wonder what uh, Greg McDermott's going to think when he sits down to watch the, <laughs> the game film from this game. Just, do, what do are we, we supposed to do? Having with nightmares. That? Do we see a wave off by uh, by Tomanaga on yeah, Sunday just, afternoon? <laughs> Jacob, I, I need five more minutes if we can squeeze that out of you on the other side. Yep, you're good. All right, we'll uh, we'll get more uh, from Jacob on Huskers and Creighton here at, at 440. And a uh, prep preview, uh, a, a shortened version of it. But Jacob, all over prep basketball for sure. Hail Varsity with you. I was going to say some good finishes last night. North yeah, Star, Lincoln Southeast. Oh, big time. Yeah, good stuff last night. My Southwest looked all good last night for me. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hail Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HailVarsity.com. Just go to HailVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's HailVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Friday edition. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Hail Varsity presented by Currency. Jacob, I just had one last question about Husker Hoops before we transition over to Prep Sports. Sam Greasel, obviously the transfer from North Dakota State, veteran guy, 6'7 guard, so he's big for his position. The thing that I've noticed this year, he doesn't take very many shots. He took four shots against Boston College. And, you know, in a game like that where Nebraska just shot so well as a team, that can fly. But what's your take? Do you think he should be shooting the ball more, being more aggressive offensively, especially in a game coming up this Sunday? He's a guy that really likes to kind of let the game come to him, settle in. We've seen earlier in the season where um, things haven't been going well, and he's the guy that's taken over. 
uh, multiple 20 point games. Uh, he took over. He got really got going in that second half uh, against Florida State. Uh, nearly had a double double in that one with 13 and nine, and 11 of those points came in the second half. So he's a guy that he, he he's willing to kind of move the ball to let other guys see if they can get going, and then. Uh, try to figure it out within the flow of the game where, all right, this is my time. I got to go. Nobody else is going here. So uh, I think they do need to continue to find uh, the, the right balance of him being aggressive and letting uh, kind of other guys get their shots up as well. Uh, he is a point guard and he wants to get other guys involved. I think Derek Walker's return will make the game a lot easier for him. And that's what we saw in that Florida State game where um, he didn't have to handle the ball the entire time. And the team, again, there, there's not a lot of ball handling in this lineup. Um, so he, uh, he teams have been able to really pressure the heck out of him and make it tough for him to get to his spots and, and get easy looks. So I think if he's got more guys that he can share the ball with, he can get it back in positions where they can put him in a position where he can be more successful. Um, so that's part of, I think, kind of the figuring out process that they're going to go through now that Walker's back in the lineup and we know what this team, uh, no, this is team, this is a team that, Hoiberg had planned for going into the season. Jacob Adilla with this quick update. We'll hit on this with uh, Brady Altman's next hour, Jaden Gould and Kamonte Grimes. Also in the portal uh, to go with Ernest Hausman yesterday, some young talent that uh, just because they're in the portal doesn't mean they're going, but they're no doubt going to field some offers. Jacob, I thought on, on the high school ranks here on, on the hardwood, and just to comment here on on Coach Rule hitting the high schools today, who do you like this year for for high school boys basketball, and who's a dark horse? And then give me your your quick impression. You're uh, in the in the coaching circles. Um, uh, Rule really hitting this the the, the metros hard today. Yeah, um, at, uh, in high school basketball ranks, I think uh, good first day of the season for Lincoln schools. Um, we. We, we thought uh, teams like Southeast and Southwest had a chance to be firmly in that, that top 10 this year, just based on the pieces they got back. They got a lot of talent. They both got size, length, um, and guard play. Um, so two well-rounded teams. And Southeast went to Westside and got up to a good start. Uh, Westside took the lead, and then South, Southeast closed out the game strong and won that thing by uh, eight, uh, forced some turnovers down the stretch, and made some winning plays. So... Um, that's a really good win for Southeast. Westside isn't at full strength. Uh, Caleb Benning did not play coming off the football injury. He's still kind of working his way back uh, into basketball shape and uh, getting fully healthy there. C.J. Mitchell is coming off his injury in the spring that ended his uh, AAU season uh, prematurely. So you can see he was a little rusty, but th- that wind is going to hold up because I think Westside is going to get better as the season goes on. And then Southwest handled Elkhorn South uh, when that thing uh, but, but 20 points. Um, so th- those are two teams that uh, I think the personnel were really good. And then Lincoln Northeast w- went out to North Platte and, and won that thing by 20. And uh, that's another team that with the pieces they've got coming back w- with Christian Wynn and Jalen Lang and Porter Basil as the kind of the returning group. Um, they've got some young players, some role players as well that uh, can play a little bit. So I, I think you talk about dark, dark horses. Uh, Lincoln has a chance to to send multiple teams to the state tournament for uh, um, which we haven't seen a, a ton of recently. I think Bellevue West is the favorite um, and rightfully so they've got the best player in the state, but um, uh, Lincoln is going to make some noise this year. I think. 
I don't think we've seen a Lincoln team in the state tournament since uh, that North had, Star Donovan Williams team, correct? You've had Pius in there. Oh, Pius. Yeah, Pius, Pius, Pius. I always forget about it. No, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but, uh, Jacob, is, is, is this maybe a renaissance of Lincoln High School basketball in that maybe this is the year that Lincoln can finally match up with Omaha after years and years of Omaha really dominating the high school basketball scene? Uh, they've got a chance. Like, the, those teams have got to go out and, and prove it. Um, they – you're, you're looking for elite from both those teams from where they were a year ago. They were just kind of Southeast was really young. They kind of played a lot of young guys and uh, kind of lived with the, the, the growing pains there. And so now they, they've got all the experience and see if they can put together, play winning team basketball, buying on defense because they've got the talent uh, and they're a well-rounded roster. Kind of the same thing for Southwest who was just kind of a middle of the pack team last year. And they, they lost Ben Hunziker, who was their best Great player, player. Yeah. And, and did so much for that team. But they've got they, they brought a lot of other pieces back and talented guys that maybe haven't shown what they're fully capable of yet at, at Southwest. So if those guys can take a leap this year, that, that can elevate that team to, to put them in the mix as well. Um, so and I think you look at kind of the Metro, some of those teams, the, the talent level isn't the same that it has been the last couple of years. You don't have teams with multiple D1 players in the Metro, like uh, North and Bellevue West has been loaded in the past as well and other teams like that. So that I, I think it kind of lowers the the ceiling for everybody, which makes it easier for teams like Lincoln, those Lincoln schools, to, to get in the mix where it is kind of more even at the top here. About a minute here, but quick take on, on Rule hitting this, uh, the, the Metros today. Yeah, uh, I mean – there's a lot for, for uh, that staff to do right now, uh, but it's smart. Like you've got to you got to work fast. With, with signing day coming up, obviously, anytime a coaching change happens, other schools are going to be sniffing around the, the recruits that, that are committed. And Nebraska's got a, 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 a good number of in-state players in that 2023 class, and there are a lot of younger uh, players 2024 20, 20, and below that have offers uh, that are in the metro as well. So it makes sense to kind of. Uh, send send your coaches out, kind of let them introduce themselves to the the Lincoln, Omaha, wherever else they're, they're going to be able to get to to those coaches. Like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. Uh, we still value you, you, whether you're committed, whether you've got an offer. Uh, we still want you at Nebraska. Um, that's an important step um, as they continue to finalize the, the staff, as they continue to kind of evaluate, all right, who who's coming back? Who are we losing? Who do we want to target? Uh, to round out this recruiting class, who can we keep? Who do we maybe not necessarily want to see as a great fit that that is committed? So there's so many things that they have to do right now, but that that's a, a big part of it is just going out there and being present and introducing yourself uh, to make sure that coaches and players know that they're valuing them. Jacob, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for all the work you do, man. Great uh, info as always. And uh, obviously uh, tracking uh, so many different things between volleyball, basketball, and uh, the prep action. We'll, we'll talk again. Thanks for the time. Yeah, hopefully we can talk about more volleyball again next week because that means they'll still be playing. That'd be good. You take care, man. Appreciate it. Jacob Padilla, find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Wind down. Hour one, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. And a little bit more here on the Portal News with a couple more Nebraska players. Hail Varsity continues, presented by Currency.